Uh, we have been, if you've been with us, you know that we have been going through a series in Proverbs, and we are going to be taking a break from Proverbs this morning. And if you don't know me, my name is Reese. I'm privileged to serve as one of the elders here at Grace Fellowship. <clears throat> and I have a little bit of a cold, so bear with me if you hear any coughing. <clears throat> let, me, let me ask you guys a question. How many people, this is a raise your hand kind of question, how many people would be happy if all the provisions were given to you and you got to spend a week by yourself on a pristine tropical island? Okay. Now, the other people who didn't raise their hands, I'm in that category, I'm introvert. The other people, my guess is you were like aghast, like, oh my goodness, I would never be able to do that. How could they do that? See, what that illustrates is that we are all different. We have different personalities, different interests. But when we talk about what we're going to talk about this morning, about the gospel going forth into all the world and ministering to other people, we might be tempted to think that because of our personality, we're less gifted or we're less effective at ministering to other people. I know that's a temptation I feel. Like, how could God use me? I'm just an introvert. I don't even know how to talk to people. So again, this morning, we're going to talk about helping other people know Jesus. And though God uses gifting and personality, what we believe about the gospel itself will impact our choices on how we minister to other people. The author, uh, J. Oswald Sanders, has this great quote. Listen to it. He says, a willingness to renounce personal preferences, to sacrifice legitimate and natural desires for the sake of his kingdom will characterize those marked out by God for positions of influence in his work. If you have your handout, you can see the title of the message is for the blessings of the gospel. We're going to be going through 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 27, or if you have the church Bible, it's on page 9. So the Apostle Paul uh, was certainly influential for the Lord's work. We're reading his, his scripture thousands of years later, or his words thousands of years later. So let's read here about his perspective on helping other people know Jesus. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 through 27. <clears throat> for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside of the law, I became as one outside of the law, not being outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside of the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, 
but we and imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. As you can see in your outline, we have three points that we're going to cover this morning, the goal, the choice, and the motivation. Now, before I get into the first point, it's, it's helpful to understand sort of the context, uh, sort of the before and after of the part that I just read, uh, to give it a little bit of framing, is that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's dealing with a question that they kind of implied that they asked him about, should we eat food sacrificed to idols? And the bigger topic here, just to put on your radar, is that he's dealing with the topic of the freedoms of being a Christian and the choices that they can make. And he's basically saying, look, you have freedom in Christ, but don't make choices that harm other people's walk with God or their faith of God or get in the way of them coming to know Jesus. And if you're familiar with 1 Corinthians, he says something very shocking and famous is that he says, 1 Corinthians 8, 13, if eating meat causes my brother to sin, I will never eat meat again. So he's, he's putting his words into practice. And that's the perspective that he brings into this passage, that he's willing to give up his freedoms to serve. So first point, the goal. What is the goal? Paul is deeply committed to having other people know Jesus. In verse 19, I had already quoted it. He says, though I'm free, I've made myself a servant to all. And his goal is that he might win more of them. He's talking about people. Or another translation says, to win as many people as possible. In verses 19 to 22, five times it's repeated, to win or to gain. He's trying to gain more people into God's kingdom. And verse 22, that he might save some of them. So that's what he's trying to do. And the way he's trying to do this is through all means that all means possible. So I'm familiar with one translation. That's how it goes. All means possible in verse 22. He says he's going to become a slave to all. And then he gives four categories, specific categories, to help his audience understand what he's talking about. You know, the Jews, he became like a Jew to under the law, outside of the law, and the weak. So if this is his goal, to win as many people as possible, what does he mean when he gives these four categories? Like, what, what is he talking about? Well, what he means is that he is going to make changes from what he might naturally think, might naturally decide, or might naturally act for the purpose of helping other people know Jesus, or to remove barriers so that people can know Jesus. He's thinking about these other people's situations and how he can fit into their world and not the opposite. He's not asking them, hey, come into my world, speak my language, do my culture. He's going into their culture. So we just prayed for our missionaries going to Japan. I bet they're already thinking, okay, what is Japan culture? What, how do you say hello? And where is the bathroom? And, you know, like they're thinking about their culture and they're, they're, they're trying to minister to them. And so Paul is wanting to see people know Jesus by all possible means and thinking about their situation. And, and it can happen at any time, right? Not, they have some advanced warning about going to Japan, but at any time we could have an opportunity to live this out. I remember one story a guy told me I had a, a meeting 
it was a Christian context. <clears throat> and this one guy, uh, he was an older gentleman. He was late for the meeting. And when he showed up, I met him in the parking lot to help him get his stuff out of his car. And he told me the story that his car broke down, which is why he was late for the meeting. And he called the tow truck company because he couldn't get his car started. And he said he was talking to the tow truck guy and shared his testimony and shared the gospel of Jesus and his saving power. And he said the tow truck guy was just stopped working on his car and was like, this is what I need, and repented and was in like tears of joy right there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. If that were me and my car broke down and I was late for a meeting, I would be so focused on, let's get this car fixed. I can't believe it. I need a new car. I need to get more money to get a new car. I could be, you know, so focused on that. And not so much on the opportunity ministering to this gentleman. So if we believe Paul and want to follow in his footsteps, we want to consider all means possible. So whether that's car trouble, a last minute request to go to Japan, family members doing their annoying thing at Thanksgiving, an unexpected trip to the emergency room, vacation, whatever. The goal is the same, to win as many as possible in whatever God, opportunity God gives you. In Christian circles, we call uh, this evangelism. This means that at, at our core, if we believe what the Bible says about Jesus, then we want to bring this to other people. Because we've, we've been changed ourselves. We need promoters of this good news. And if you don't know what this good news is, I'll give it to you in a short, short summary here. It is that you have sinned against God and will face judgment for your sin. Yet, you've probably heard about Jesus dying on the cross. The reason he did that is to take away the punishment that you deserved for your sin so that you could be freed from it and have the life that he gives. And not only can you have it, just like that story I told, you get to be the agent to bring that to other people. And again, you never know the opportunity that God is going to give you. I remember a couple of years ago, I was on a spring break trip with, with college students. And two men from China who had no experience with Christianity beforehand, before coming to America, I remember them praying audibly in a room of people, saying, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord for the very first time on a spring break trip. You never know when God is going to open the doors. Now, those are some encouraging stories. <clears throat> but I, I do need to confess to you that my own heart, many times, I am focused on myself and my own comfort. I'm not focused on making myself a servant to all. And I need to ask myself, and I want you to ask yourself, are you striving towards this goal to win as many as possible, casting aside your own comfort to reach this goal? Consider this question. I found this very convicting, that if you were to hire an independent consultant and they were to look at your life and you ask them, hey, I'm going to pay you this money. Why don't you study my life and kind of tell me what goals do you think that I'm going after? What would you observe me pursuing? What do you think they would say? Would they see, as Paul says in verse 19, though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more people. 
So this is Paul's goal. And we may understand that's the goal, but maybe you're wondering, how does that play out? How does that work? I'm not really sure what to do. Well, that involves point number two on your outline, the choice. So he's made himself a servant to all, and I hope that this is something that you want to imitate. Uh, And maybe you're wondering, should I imitate it? Well, just to put that to rest, Paul is imitating Jesus. Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus chose to become a servant. Paul is choosing to become a servant. And it's clear that he's making a choice in all of these categories because he says, I became, I became, I became. He's choosing to do these things. He wasn't forced to do them. He's choosing to do them. Now, I want to point out three things on what Paul is getting at here in this, under this point number two. The first is that Paul is not talking about gifting. We might be in trouble if he was talking about gifting because he is not uniquely um, gifted at multicultural, um, multiracial ministry and he doesn't have multiple personalities that you can like turn on one here and turn on this one over here. If he took a personality test, he would show up as one of the answers, you know, like just any of us would. So what is he getting at? He is getting at choosing to serve despite whatever giftings and personality he may have. Um, it's kind of a sad story, but also illustrative that a couple of years, well, many years ago now, uh, somebody told me, hey, I took a personality test and it showed that I was really low in evangelism no wonder it was hard. I'm glad I don't have to exercise my gift anymore. <clears throat> it's true that there is the gift of evangelism. But the thing is that we can choose to reach out to people or not, given the circumstance. So, for example, you may not feel like you have the gift of setting up chairs. But if you get to church early and all these blue chairs are to the sides and you're like, who's going to set up the chairs? You have the gift of chair setting up. <laughs> you have that choice to choose to serve. God has given you that opportunity. So the lesson here is that Paul is choosing to do what's uncomfortable for him to make it more comfortable to serve other people, to help them, comfortable to help them to know Jesus is what I mean. As you have done this, and I hope that you have, have you seen God open the doors? I've already told a few stories, but, but one for myself, a few, uh, well, a month or two ago, I was uh, sitting at the hub over on campus, and I was looking out across the grass, and um, I saw some, some of my friends down there at the bottom of the grass, and they're, you know, maybe a quarter mile away or something, and they're down there at the bottom. And I had finished up a conversation with somebody else, they left, and I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, okay, I better go. I want to go hang out with my friends now. And then I realized there was a guy sitting next to me. Uh, and he was looking at the friends, too. And I felt this tug in my heart, like, ah, I, should, I should probably choose to reach out to this guy. But you know what ended up in my heart? is like, I'm not an evangelist. I don't know what to say to this guy. Like, this is awkward. What do I do? And, you know, praise God that he gave me the faith to 
say the most wise words that I could at the time. Hey, what's up? That's all I said. And that began a conversation. And I found out that this guy was from Sri Lanka, the other side of the world. He had no place to live. And uh, we were able to connect him up with someone that could give him housing. So you just never know the opportunity that God is going to give you. So as Paul says here, make the choice to take that risk, take that step of faith. Paul isn't talking about gifting. He's talking about the choice to serve because of Jesus serving us. So that was the first thing. The second one is that this, what he's talking about here is genuine sacrifice. So what he is not talking about is just kind of being like a sleazy salesman to get people in the door. Like pretend to be like this other group just to get people in the door. Then you're like, haha, now you're in. He's not talking about that. This is not a bait and switch. And there's two things I want to point out just to highlight that. In verse 21, when he's reaching out to those uh, not under the law, these Gentile people or the, the, the barbarian people, whoever he's going after, they're not under the law. They don't know the law. He says that he is, or outside of the law, sorry, verse 21, he says that he is under the law of Christ. So he's not choosing to compromise to minister to these people who know nothing about God's law. He's doing everything in the, that he can in that freedom area, but he is not compromising He is under Christ's law the whole time. So he's like not getting drunk just to reach, you know, the frat guys getting drunk, for example. And then the second thing I want to point out is in verse 22, the pattern of I became as or I became like, the pattern is broken in verse 22. He says, I became weak. He doesn't say I became as the weak or I became like the weak. He becomes weak himself. So he's not just pretending He's making these choices that actually cost him. So they cost him reputation, they cost him time, energy, money, comfort, and so on. These are real sacrifices that he is making. Then thirdly, his life, his life is the primary recruiting tool. Again, he is choosing, I became, I became, I became. His life is that tool. And what he's doing here is he's making these choices to minister to people and build relationships with them. Because, again, he's entering their world. And he's doing what he can to remove any barriers that prevent people from coming to Jesus. And so this is in contrast to only inviting people. Like, we, we, could, we could pay for leaflets to be dropped over Japan. Just inviting them to church. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But we have three lives who are representing Jesus going there to bring that light of Christ and use their lives as the recruiting tool entering that context. And so we have that same opportunity as well. My hope is that in prayer is that as we consider the application of this text, that we all see that when we choose to reach out to others, we can use all the means that we can. And we have this choice to do this because someone else already made that choice to bring that good news to us. 
I mean, has anybody here come to faith in Christ just totally on their own with no influence of any other person? I think I've heard maybe one or two stories of something like that in my you know, Christian experience. So it's pretty rare. But usually we have someone that has impacted us. And actually I wanted to ask uh, a show of hands here and even ask you to, to share just very briefly. Um, did someone reach into your world to help you to know Jesus? They came into your context. Can you think of someone? Just raise your hand. Can you think of someone? Yeah, they entered your world, and they help you to know Jesus. So I'd love, if you've raised your hand, I'd love to ask you, maybe just call out, just in a sentence, like, who was it, and what did they do? So for me, it was, I was over uh, at Penn State as a student, and my neighbor in the dorms relentlessly invited me to Bible study. I said no so many times, but he became my friend, and God did a lot of things, and that I eventually started going, and it was that that led me to Jesus ultimately. So... How about, how about someone else who wants to share? Just shout it out. So a family friend started with a guitar lesson, and uh, that opened the opportunity to help you to know Jesus. That's awesome. Just raise your hand so I can see you. Wow, that's amazing. So her brother came back from college, Thanksgiving, which is coming up, and he had become a Christian, and he shared with his sister the good news because she had seen the impact on his life. In high school, a grad student, cold turkey, more or less cold turkey, came up to her and was sharing the gospel with her. Thank you for sharing. Wow. So that's better than what I did. You know, what's up? You know, <laughs> Somebody grabbed your arm as you were walking out of the library and said, do you want to study the Bible? And that was it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, why don't you share Wow. So you and, and at church, you met them at church, and they said, we want to come talk with you? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great. So many testimonies. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, God uses all different kinds of situations, and he uses all of his people. And, and, and again, we have this opportunity to make the choice to reach out to others, whether it's a brother, sister, neighbor, friend, coworker, etc. So Paul's goal here, again, is to make choices to win as many people as possible and use all means at his disposal to do so. Now, we move on to our third point here, and we might be wondering, what is motivating Paul to do all of this? That's kind of the big question. Why do all of this? Why sacrifice for all of this? Verses uh, 23 to 27 is mainly what I'm looking at. Three things I want to point out here. One of the reasons why Paul does this is that he may share in the blessings of the gospel. That's what he says in verse 23. He doesn't really elaborate further what he means exactly by this. But I think of two things in particular. One is that he gets to see other people change. I've said this a lot, I feel like, is that there's nothing better than, nothing more exciting than seeing God change people right before your very eyes. Like when you get to see that happen, those other people that you just gave testimony about, when they got to see you come to faith in Christ, what joy it brought their hearts, I am sure. And Paul gets to see that. Or uh, you think about Jesus says in Luke 15, when people come to faith, angels are rejoicing in heaven. So you get to be partying with angels. That's pretty cool. That's part of the blessings 
of the gospel. And another aspect of it is that Paul himself is assured of his own salvation. It reminds him that he is the one who gets this reward of heaven as well as the people he's preaching it to. So he gets to share in the blessings. That's number one. Number two is that he, he is reminded that the reward is worth it. In 24 and 25, he gives this analogy of these runners running a race. And he's saying, we are to be like them, but they're only running for a prize that's going to like fade away. But we should be running for a prize that's eternal. And this reward is ours if we finish the race. Or in his analogy, win the race. And so Paul is, is alluding to the fact that we need to see the, the reward clearly as our motivation to go through all of this training and all of this outreach. So he shares in the blessings of the gospel, the reward is worth it. And then thirdly, his third motivation I want to point out is that he does not miss out on Jesus. In verse 27, he says something actually kind of shocking. Paul brings up the possibility that he could minister to all these people in all these contexts, make all these sacrifices, and in the end, miss Jesus himself. That's very shocking. It reminds me of Matthew 7 when Jesus says that there will be people who say that we committed, uh, did miracles in Jesus' name. Miracles. And yet at the end, Jesus says, I never knew you. There is this real possibility that's out there that Paul is holding out there. So he doesn't want himself, he doesn't want his audience, and by extension, you or I, to miss out on Jesus, to go astray. So he gives this race analogy, and he wants his audience, you and I, to be focused, to be disciplined, like a runner trying to win the race. The motivation is the prize. It's heaven for us to have. And just like a runner who wants to win, a believer needs to do the same. We need to fight to, to push off distractions. We need to fight to be intentional in our training. It means that we need to believe the gospel before we're bringing it to other people. Paul can't do all this ministry and then forget about who Jesus is and why uh, he needs him in the first place. So his whole life has to rest on Jesus and for us the same. So if you are struggling with motivation to reach out to others, to be a slave or a servant to all, what is the answer? What should we do? Well, we need to be serious about where our hope, the hope for our lives lies. Where is it from? And again, just like a runner running and training to win a race, they don't give in to comfort. They don't start making a daily run to Dunkin' Donuts. That's not part of their training. They don't give up on the training and just hope that they might win. They keep persevering, and they persevere until the race is over, and they've won. 
temptations to be disqualified from the race will come. Paul says that they are there for him, that he's, he's, he's working to avoid them. And key to avoiding these temptations or not giving into them is Jesus himself. So are you holding on to Jesus? Are you crying out to him for help? Help me to fight against these temptations. Help me, Jesus, to see your love for me more clearly. Help me to pursue you and the joy that only you give. Brothers and sisters, I want you to follow in Paul's footsteps and not to give way to apathy about Jesus. or or temptation to leave Jesus. So if this apathy or these temptations begin to enter your heart, fight them by running to Jesus. He has secured the victory of the race for you. And he will help you not to be disqualified and help you to be intentional of following him. So hold on to him and do not let go. So if you wish to be effective for Jesus' kingdom and see other people gain this salvation, it must begin with your own understanding of the gospel and how Jesus has saved you. And as you follow him, this is your motivation, just as it is for Paul. So again, if you're struggling with motivation, go back to the gospel, consider Jesus and what he's done for you. So Paul here is clear on his goal that he is free, but because of the gospel and Jesus, he's making himself a servant to all so that he might bring as many people with him to heaven as possible. Let's pray. God, thank you for our time in your word this morning. Thank you for the many testimonies um, from the Japan missionaries going overseas at a moment's notice to our, uh, our own testimonies here as a congregation, sharing how people uh, were intentional about reaching out to us and praise you that you awakened our hearts to receive the message. We didn't just blow it off and, and go our own way. And, and be estranged from you. But you use these people and these circumstances to open our hearts and our lives that we may have salvation. Thank you for the opportunity for us to be missionaries wherever you call us, in our home, our neighborhoods, our campus, anywhere. We praise you this morning. And again, we thank you for the ability of our church and of these three women and their families to um, uh, open up the door to see them go serve uh, on the other side of the world. It's just so amazing. Uh, We we thank you and we praise you, and we want to sing one last song to praise you in our worship service. Amen.